Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefni Early and you are listening to Kiss My Arts here on the podcast. It is episode 157 of the show and that laugh you heard, which I get nearly every time I mention the name of this show, is from our guest today, which is Coach Karen Brown. Karen, welcome to the programme. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me here today. Well, you're more than welcome. It is our first Kiss My Arts of the year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you didn't laugh that time. We're getting used to it. I like <laughs> it. We'll, we'll, we'll mention it enough times that people will become immune to the, the little pun that's in the title of the show. C- Karen, we, we've been connected on social media for a while. Yeah. But we first met, I suppose, really last weekend when we sat down for a conversation, quickly, quick conversation, yeah. at uh, the ladies' luncheon in Kilronan for the Northwest Hospice. Yes. Northwest. Oh, I got killed for that. <laughs> Northwest Simon Community. Simon Community. Yeah, I made yeah. that mistake the other day. I nearly got shot. Um, but it is obviously the Northwest Simon Community. It's a great cause. But you were there at a stall selling your wares, so yes. to speak. Your books, you've 25. I have 25. I have a new one published yesterday um, on Amazon. It's my 90 book reading journal, and it's about the 25, 26 book that I've published this last 18 months now. That's pretty prolific. We're going to talk more about your writing later in the programme. But first, I want to get a taste of who you are. And I suppose that's not a local accent. So maybe we might start there. Tell us a bit about Karen Brown and where you originate from. Well, um, obviously, I'm from the UK originally. Um, Lived all over the place. I was originally a nurse many years ago. And we moved over to Ireland in 2010. And... uh, We'd sort of, with nursing, I found that I had a young son and the hospitals were literally just too far away for me to do. So I had to find something else to do. And I'd come from training background when I was in the UK. I um, taught IT in the NHS, um, teaching nurses how to use computers. And that's how I started off. And then I was at a networking meeting in um, the Bush Hotel one time and there was a lady called Susan Bourne and she was talking about passive income and I decided that was quite a good idea and um it's the dream isn't it for everybody (laughs) let's make money while I'm sitting on a beach or sipping a cocktail and then there's a reality um so I started doing ebooks and because I had an IT background and I was doing stuff like Twitter and um LinkedIn then my first books were how to use LinkedIn how to use Twitter and um that's what I did and the how to optimize LinkedIn. I did a free promotion when it first started and awful lot of people downloaded it for free and then it was crickets afterwards. Yeah. So when you say an awful lot of people, you're talking nearly the population of the county. Oh, yeah. 15,000 people. There, there was a, an awful lot of people, thousands of people bought it um, for free. Um, it's not really buying it for free, is it? <laughs> unfortunately. If you had a euro for every one of those, you'd be happy. But If I had the euro and the email address and hindsight and all those other things, I'd be very wealthy at this moment in time. But no, I didn't know all those things. And uh, I think um, my story is one, how to cock things up and start again. So, <laughs> it's funny friend. you say that, but sometimes yeah. that's what you need to do is actually learn through failures and learn through doing and oh, yeah. making mistakes. In terms of... Of that, because obviously we're going to talk a lot about your your books over the next twenty five minutes or so. Yeah. But in terms of how that works, what happens with you? You you had these ideas of these ebooks. It didn't go well, as you said yourself. You yeah. got a whole load of exposure, but you die from exposure. Yeah. Not a, you don't pay bills with exposure, unfortunately. Yeah. But in terms of 
these publications, 15,000 people read them. You said yourself off air that you weren't yeah. particularly happy with the quality of the book It was at the one time. of those things where when I published it, I thought, great, it's a good book and everything like that. And with hindsight, I look at it and I thought, oh my God, it's so... Excuse my French, but it was just pure shite. Um, I redid it and it was a much better book. And my Twitter book was actually much better because it was more of a learning thing. It, it broke it down into uh, seven days, three lessons a day, very easy to do, got lots of good feedback from it. So each time I did something, I learned from it. Um, unfortunately, it was the hard way, but sometimes that's the only way you do learn. And I got somebody else to do my book cover for that one, so it was a lot more professional, and it looks better. And even now, even though I have to update it, it's still a good book on its own, and it will teach you how to use Twitter in seven days. So it does what it says on the tin. Um, but the problem was my mum passed away 2014, and I inherited my dad, and he had poor health. He was um, approaching 70 at the time, and for the last 20 years he'd had heart problems. Um, he'd retired on ill health at 50. So um, he decided about uh, three or four months after mum passed away to move over to Ireland because my sister had passed away previously and I was the only family left over. And it was literally, he'd um, put his house on the market on the Thursday. He told me he'd done it on the Saturday. He, his house sold on the Monday and then I had to find him somewhere to live. Um, so we had about six months of looking for somewhere for him to live, getting him organised, bringing him over and that. And then he sort of, when his health deteriorated, then he actually moved in and lived with us. And because I had the nursing background and knew exactly what I needed, we converted our downstairs bedroom um, into like a, a hospital room. We had the hospital bed, the commode, everything like that that he needed and the oxygen and stuff like that. And he lived with us until his final days and he passed away last year. So it was great that I had the experience of him and it was great that he had the last couple of years with us and spent time with his other grandson. Um, but it did mean that I had to put everything else on hold. But in the meantime, I did a life coaching course and sort of developed the skills from that, which have actually helped an awful lot and helped more with my mindset than anything else. And that's what coaching does for you, I think. Now, when you said he moved in with you, yeah. that's Drummond in County Leitrim, obviously. Yes. So that's the, the local connection. You're not just a blow-in. Well, you are a blow-in, but you're, you're I, I'm adopted blow-in. My mum's actually from just outside Mullingar, um, but she always grew up in the UK, and we always came over for holidays. And my aunt was in Town, and one year we came over for a holiday, and my uncle wasn't very well, so we went sort of wandering and having a quick look around. And we came across the estate in Drummond, houses for sale. We'd had, sort of had a quick look, fell in love with the house. And um, at the time, it was around the Celtic Tiger. So we sort of you know, fell in love with it. It was still cheaper than houses in the UK, so we thought it was a great bargain. And we bought it. And then um, we had... Um, I got pregnant with my son and we decided that, you know, with the crash, we couldn't have two houses. So we brought everything over to Ireland and we moved over, how, what, 10 years ago now, 2010. Any regrets? Absolutely none. We love it here. We, we have, um, my husband still works abroad and he goes where the work is, but we're lucky that because we have less outgoings over here than the UK, 
I mean, you talk about council tax over here being however much it was. We were paying, and this is 10 years ago, over two and a half grand a year with just council tax. So we kind of worked out that um, between cost of nursery for my son, council tax, the mortgage, we were actually financially better off with just the one house. And just even if I wasn't working, then we were okay. So when we moved over, it was just a big lifetime lifetime you know change lifestyle change but every time we came over here you could feel your shoulders relaxing and you know it's that fresh air and it was just the lifestyle we just love it over here I mean my husband doesn't get to spend as much time but when he has the holidays it's just yeah bliss (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about the books and you mentioned the introduction to twitter and the introduction to Mm -hmm. linkedin and that was your first introduction to publishing where these how-to guides for maybe people who weren't au fait with how these social media things worked and at the time that would have been quite new because people were only kind of really cutting on to that maybe in the last eight to ten years in terms of of where you developed from there because that's not really what you do anymore you're more in terms of the you described it yourself off air as, as low content it's it's high quality low content books so what i'm focusing on at the moment is when i was looking after dad i and doing the life coaching course i came with these habits and developed more positive habits and i sort of developed 12 different specific habits around uh, gratitude kindness meditation learning um, things that helped me when i was looking after dad and things weren't great so um, being woken up at two o'clock in the morning because you need to go for a wee, um, all sorts of other stuff that may not be pleasant. But it was the whole thing of looking after my dad and, you know, he was my dad and there was nobody else there and you do, you do the best you can. So there are days when it wasn't fun. Um, but the habits got me through because operating from a place of kindness, being grateful for what you have appreciating everything in your life no matter how good or bad it helps you get through the bad times and makes the good times much better and it's not putting rose-colored glasses on but it does change the way you view things and I think um, one thing that happened last year was dad passed away in May and in middle of August or is it big no it was when you say last year you mean 2018 right 2018 no, yeah, 2018, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're way ahead of me on this one. <laughs> yeah, 2018, Dad passed away. He passed away in May. And the day before my husband's birthday, middle of July, my son was actually on an adventure camp in uh, Contiki in um, Ruski. And it was the last day, it was a Friday, and we got a phone call. I just dropped him off there and got a phone call from a hospital in St. Vincent's in Dublin. Your husband's been admitted, he's got a heart attack. Um, can you come? And it was like, oh, crap. You know, you know that feeling of you, your world just sinks and you're just recovering from one thing. And um, I sort of phoned up the camp. He was supposed to go onto an island and do some camping there. Got him to st- stop that, hold on to him, grabbed him, grabbed the car straight down to Dublin. And on the way down there, we sat there and we were talking and we'd just been okay, what are we grateful for at this time of day? Because, you know, on one hand, you're really worried and anxious because your partner's just had a heart attack. On the other hand, you know, 
He's been lucky because there was an ambulance there quite quickly. He was in Dublin. He was close to the hospital. He was in hospital. He's been treated and all those different things. And we knew where he was. We had the car. All those things that went through your head and being grateful for everything up until that point. And then when we got to um, Dublin, two hours because it's from, from Drummond, he'd had his um, stent put in. He was sat up in a hospital bed, colour was fine, blood pressure was okay, and he was looking at us, uh, yeah, I've just had a heart attack, but I'm fine now. And he was out of hospital within three days. And it was just like, you know, we had all the recovery afterwards, but it was just like, you know, we were so grateful up until that time. And then when we got there, everything was okay. And it was just that whole feeling of, been appreciative of what you got and I think he was possibly Ireland's most lucky heart attack victim because on the day where he worked he worked in um, Dublin in Cherrywood at the time he had somebody visiting his office and the guy was actually with the paramedic service visiting a first aider so when the symptoms came on he was able to prep him get the ambulance out there had him prepped for the ambulance 10 minutes to St Vincent, straight in to get the stent done. And that time made the difference between his recovery and how little damage that heart attack did to him. And it was just like he was the most lucky guy in the country at that stage. I love to hear about stories like that where it's caught really early and the right people are in the right place and the system works because in this country the health service gets an awful bad rep at times but I've seen it so often both for members of my family and for others around where they go in and they're just looked after and they're yeah. treated so well and when it works it really works so well and it's it, great it to hear a positive ama- story like that. It was amazing I mean I know the HSC gets a lot of drumming but from our experience with it when it came to my dad they couldn't have been better you know anything I needed I knew what I needed from the health nurses the public health nurses just knew what I needed they knew I could cope with a certain level of support and keep him out of hospital and therefore they helped put that in with my husband he had a tumor on his spine a couple of years ago um he was there with a consultant they had him sorted out very very quickly and he was as a result of that much better and we, he had a huge amount of pain beforehand but they treated him very rapidly and um, though, I don't know if it was a big cure or anything like that but there was only one person I think a specific consultant and when he saw his referral he had him straight in there within two weeks and the operation within three it was something crazy like that I'm not sure about the dates but again with the with the heart attack you know he was in hospital within less than an hour and treated and uh, we were there within two hours of being t- told by the hospital. And he was up in bed, smiling and looking at us, and very sheepish. It's just, yeah. A couple of hours after the operation. Yeah. And it, it was just amazing. I mean, I know there's a huge amount of pressure on there. And any time I visited Dad, I could see how hard the nurses worked. And I really didn't envy them. But my God, they do a fantastic job. I mean, all credit to them. Absolutely. Coming back to the books, and <laughs> yeah, what we're here for. In terms of, uh, let's talk about the gratitude journal because that's the one probably it's your probably most popular title that you have, yeah. but it's also the one that most people would recognise and kind of say, I know exactly what that is and what yeah. it's for and how it works. Yeah. Um, tell us about what a gratitude journal is for those that might not be familiar. Okay, so 
Gratitude is one of my biggest happy habits because it really does change the way you view the world. So with the gratitude journal, it's just getting you to write down three things every day that you're grateful for. And you start off with big things like, I'm happy I've got a roof over my head. I'm happy that my kids are safe, that I'm well. But every day you have to do something different. And the more you do it, the smaller the things that you find. Now, Oprah Winfrey does 10 items a day, and you know you can see how powerful it has on her. She's a very positive person. She does a huge amount of good, and she's very successful with it. So it just makes you appreciate and not take for granted what you've got. It's, it's crazy stuff that you can be grateful for. Um, I met somebody on Facebook um, through uh, a different writing group, and she'd had she's an australian lady she used to do triathlons um but she became very very ill and they didn't know what the cause was and it turned out to be um i think it was some sort of infection where her body was just completely overheating but what was happening was it was affecting her memory and essentially the heat in her brain was frying her memory cells And until they worked out what was happening, they couldn't do anything about it. It took a long time. Um, So she's actually recovering her memory. And she's dealing with the memory loss. So she's got a certain amount of amnesia and building her life up from that. And if you think in terms of being grateful, if you imagine not having your memories, you know, it it was just one of those really weird things where I'm so grateful that I can remember my son, I can remember my family, I can remember what happened yesterday. I don't have this short-term memory loss. Um, It's not quite 50 dates with Drew Barrymore, but it wasn't that far off it, and it was an illness that was causing it that the doctors didn't recognise that was happening. She was in so much pain, she was getting, you know, they thought she was depressed. Um, And when they eventually worked it out, they could treat it, and she's now recovering, and she's actually writing a book about it. Um, but it's, it's those things about taking it for granted. So my gratitude journals, there's actually the one that I created, I think I created this time last year, and I've updated it twice. It's got a new cover on there, and it's now got an area for colouring on one page and writing on another, so you can do that as well. Um, but I've actually got uh, six more books, that are gratitude journals, Three of them are for cat lovers, so really cute. And then three of them for dog lovers. And one's got photos and one's got cartoons. And they're just cute. So they're trying to get kids to do gratitude as well. Because I kind of feel that in an age of where people have been bullied quite badly at school, appreciating all the little things in your life, appreciating that you've got a family who love you, that you've got food on the table, that yes, things may not be going well, but that's here all this other stuff that's good in your life is still there but because you're going through a bad time you can't remember that this good stuff is still there for you so this is to me the power of gratitude it's it helps keep me sane when at times things weren't going so well so this is why I'm sort of quite passionate about it um and I've got a whole series of different books in my head So different themed gratitude journals aimed at kids to try and get them to develop this habit that will help them when things aren't so good. 
Does that make sense? Absolutely. <laughs> you, when we met at the weekend, you gave me a gift of a positivity planner for 2020. Yes. Now, I would like to think of myself in the main as a fairly positive person, yeah. particularly in the last decade or so. Before that, I would have been reasonably negative by yeah. my own assessment. Uh, but I like to see, I like to say yes more. I mm-hmm. like to uh, surround myself with positive people. Yeah. But yet, when I took this book from you, I'll be honest, I kind of looked at it and said, don't think I need that I'm fairly positive yeah. but when I opened the first page and um, by the time I got to the end of page two I'm like do you know what this is me this is for <laughs> me I needed this I needed to have this conversation today and it's probably the first one of these books because I've, I've been given gratitude journals yeah. before and I always have a hardback book with me yeah. I've notes in in a non-specific yeah. book but for me, it was the first time I looked at a book and said, yeah, I'm actually going to follow this and yeah. I'm going to see how it works. And as you can see, I've shown it already, I've actually started filling in the first brilliant. week. And already, in terms of my mind, the first book is decluttering. And as you look around the office, you can see stuff. As you look yeah. around my apartment, you can see stuff. Look around yeah. my car, there's stuff. Um, and I have all of this stuff in my life that I don't touch, that I don't use, that I don't need. <sighs> And so now I have two very good friends called the minimalists who you may or may not have heard of. Yeah, I heard um, And uh, Ryan, one of the, the minimalists, actually launched my book back in the wow. day. And he, he and, and I love what they do, like in terms of just get rid of stuff you don't use because yeah. our lives are surrounded by clutter. And so your first book in this, or the first chapter of this first book section, yeah. is just decluttering. Yeah. And I'm like, do you know what? That sounds like a fantastic idea. And I'm absolutely going to do that. So for the whole month of July, or not July, January, January. I'm way ahead of myself. (laughs) I don't know what's in July, but I'm looking forward to it already. But in terms of January, it's a declutter stuff. So I've made a resolution and it's to take 10 things. Every time I leave the house, 10 things have to go with me. Brilliant. Now, it could be as small as 10 pencils or 10 pens or 10 whatever. Or it could be 10 things in a rubbish bin. But it's just 10 things leave my house every day. And you won't even notice yourself just picking up 10 things as you're leaving in the morning. Absolutely. Uh, so today I just stuck some, some things in the bag, threw it in, in the bin as I left the house. And if I do that every morning, all of a sudden it's my, my, my each room by room, category by category, my house will just become a lot less decluttered. Oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. But tell me about the Positivity Planner and, and what's involved in this. Because it's not just a book. It's a little program for how to maybe improve the positivity in our yeah. lives. Well, it came about because of sort of every, all the habits I dealt with when or developed when I was looking after Dad. Um, it's kind of... I'm, I'm kind of rewriting it at the moment for 2021. So it's kind of focusing on habits to let go of the past live in the present and then build the future that you want because I'm a life coach. It's all about creating that future you want. So there's habits. The first one is decluttering because we have too much stuff and the more stuff you have, the more it takes in time of money, in terms of money, in terms of space. And if you've got a cluttered house, then it's like having visual tinnitus where it's just there and it's always on your mind and it's a distraction. And when you can start to let go of stuff, then you're letting go of everything associated with it. So if you've had stuff from other people and you're holding on to it, then you're letting go of that expectation and creating a boundary about what you will keep. Because um, we had stuff that we inherited from my mum 
and we had loads of photos. She had thousands and thousands of photos. She loved to take photos of her garden. She loved her garden. That was her passion, but that's not my passion. So when we were decluttering following Dad's passing away, um, part of it was letting go of a lot of that stuff and let, keeping the stuff that we loved. And it's going back to what Marie Kondo says, you know, keep your stuff that you love, keep it if it's functional, but let go of the rest. So create the boundaries around what you're willing to keep and then create a home that's full of stuff that you actually make use of and that you actually care about. So keeping stuff because somebody else likes it is not a reason for keeping it. If they liked it so much, give it back to them or let a charity have it. You know, we've got so much stuff that, you know, we're sending stuff to different countries. You know, all the clothes that are going to Africa because we can't make use of them, it's crazy. Instead of buying cheap stuff, buy less but better quality. So that's what I started doing last year was I had a massive declutter of my wardrobe. It's much less in there. But what I buy now, I buy a much higher quality. So I might buy just one or two items a year, but they'll last me a lot longer and they're much better quality. They fit better. I feel better in them. I don't feel guilty about clothes that don't fit me. So I don't have that... Um, little clothes for when I've dieted, big clothes for when I've put too much weight on over Christmas, and then the clothes that I wear normally. I don't have that. I just have clothes that fit me. And in the house, it's still a lot cluttered because we've still got a lot of dad stuff we're working through. But each time we pull back the layers, then there's a little bit more light goes into the house, and it's so much easier to look after. And that time that you're not cleaning up is time spent with family and doing things you actually want to do rather than spending time and money cleaning up stuff that you just don't want. And of course, different weeks in each month and different months focus on different goals. So you've got visualisation, you've got oh. creativity, you've got gratitude. Yeah. Uh, there's 12 different targets, I suppose, through these months. Um, kindness, all sorts yeah. of just ways to maybe make your life just a little touch positive but each day just reaffirms that fantastic habit where can people find out more about you and your books and your coaching Karen I'm on Amazon for my books Um, if you do Karen Brown planner Karen Brown tracker Karen Brown journal you'll find me on Amazon I have my website coachkarenbrown.com I'm on Facebook and that is coach Karen Brown on there I have a couple of groups that I've set up. So one is focused on helping people with the happy habits. So if you go onto Facebook, Coach Karen Brown, have a look at the groups. There's three groups in there and you can see what we're doing. So this month is purely about decluttering. So we're on day seven. And the first few ones were kind of following a bit of Marie Kondo with the clothes. So we're decluttering our wardrobes at the moment. Then we'll finish off that with a bedroom. So you get a nice decluttered bedroom and then working across different areas throughout the month so each day I'll set you a task a small one that you can do within that day and then by the end of it I think day 31 is you declutter your car and if you want to you can get it valeted or you can wash it I mean my poor car my husband does it periodically for me but um, 
he doesn't get that you know clean house means de- you know not clean car <laughs> I, think well, it, I think it's a women thing i, I think know. i'm ahead on that i started with the car <laughs> so the car got a valet actually last week and oh, it's, there you go. it's sparkling wow um, for the first time in way longer than i'd like to admit <laughs> well listen karen thank you so much for dropping in and thank our you. first guest of 2020 on kiss my arts here on leitrim daily you can of course listen back to all of the previous guests on the show from across the world of arts and crafts and everything creative in county leitrim uh, on leitrimdaily.com if you just click to listen and kiss my arts you'll get all of the series on the show so far over the last six months or so Uh, Thank you very much to my guest today, Karen. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I will be back tomorrow with a roundup of the sports action of the last seven days. Talk to you then.